So be honest with yourself about what you want to get done and then be honest with yourself about what you're actually doing and what you're committed to doing. Welcome to Sincerely Future You, a podcast for female entrepreneurs looking to scale their business by mastering their time, money, and drama. I'm your host, Jessica McKinley, founder of What's Happening Coaching, a life coaching program that helps ambitious women like you make decisions today with the future you in mind. Hi, Havsters. I am sitting here recording this podcast episode right before I'm about to go and get on a plane to Louisville, Kentucky. I definitely have never been to Louisville and have no idea what to expect, even though what I am focused on expecting is tons of discomfort and growth. I'm going there for my mastermind. I've talked to you guys about this before. This is my second round of a mastermind called 200K. And even though it's kind of ironic because in within the mastermind, there are lots of people who are making more than 200K and even more than a million dollars, but it started out and that's just what the business is called. It's just really an amazing room to be in. And today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about five ways to make sure 22 is your biggest growth year yet. And I was thinking about this as I'm really preparing for the mastermind and thinking about how much growth I had last year. I feel like I lived five lives in 2021 and I want you guys to all experience what this feels like, like how, and people ask me all the time, like, wow, I've seen it. I've been following you. And I, I saw the growth, not only in your business, but in your personal life and in you know, your wardrobe and the commitments that you made and how do you do it? So we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but yeah, as I'm preparing for the mastermind, I really just think that a lot of this comes from putting yourself in situations, in self-concepts, in shoes, in both your brain and also physically and logistically that stretch you and that represent something that you're not quite yet. So I feel very excited slash nervous slash all the things to be in this room with some of the best coaches in the whole world. I mean, if I were to name drop and you guys are a life coach lovers, you would be like, Ooh, like it's like life coach celebrity status over there. So I'm excited to just absorb, to contribute. I think of this as like, I'm a board member with these people that go out there and are creating new intellectual property and really changing what's possible for the whole world. And then we trickle it down. So fun. So fun. So can't wait to go and uh, we'll see what Kentucky's all about. But uh, before I leave, I wanted to give you this awesome podcast. And before I give you that awesome podcast, gotta give a shout out to the hapster of the week. The hapster of the week this week is Emily Fitzgibbon. Emily and I have been working together for almost a year now. You guys know my coaching packages are six months and I do that for a very specific reason. I think it's the perfect container of time for us to really zone in on and also fully expand into mastery of about three things. And 
then when people choose to continue and sign on for another six months, that six months always looks totally different. And I've had people on the podcast talk about that before. I know Jennifer Persaud has talked about that. She's in her third round of coaching and how each round is just completely different than the last because you are a new version of yourself when you're entering into the next one. So this shout out is for Emily because in this six months, it's gotten way less about the coaching of one-off situations and way more about that she can self-coach in those coaching situations, but now our coaching has evolved into her noticing how a thought might be in contradiction with the new self-concept that she's been working on developing. This is advanced coaching and it's so fun. And Emily is just all throwing herself all up in it. You know, this year I, she has made a big investment in her own business, not only bringing herself to a big mastermind and she is a branding and social media manager and just all on like full one-stop shop for making sure your brand is at the highest level possible. Like her work is exceptional, extraordinary. You must check her out and all of the information on how to check her out will be on the show notes, but her Instagram is just Emily Fitzgibbon. So, uh, check her out over there, but what is even more incredible is she's not just bringing her, but she's also bringing her, her employee uh, with her as well to grow and develop. And she's paying for her to come to this whole expansion. And I think a lot of people say like, I'm so worried about investing big time into my team, into my employees, and then they just take it and they leave. And I always think of the opposite. It's like, but what if you don't invest in them and then they stay? And I think that Emily has just had such high quality thoughts about what the point is in investing in herself and investing in her team and thinking about the future. And she's certainly stretching herself and the results are really paying off. She just came up with a brand new offer yesterday, posted it on her social and immediately had tons of new signups. And she was like, oh yeah, it's like really being well-received. And I'm like, that's because you have mastered what it is to give results to your clients ahead of time before they even pay you. Another thing that we teach in coaching. So she does that flawlessly. And I'm just so proud of you, Em. It's been really fun to be along for your journey. And I can't wait to see what like 12 months to 18 months looks like because you are about to experience five lives in one life. So in one year, so really, really fun. All right. Awesome. Way to go, M. Let us move on to the five things that are going to make sure that this is not just Emily's, not just mine, but your biggest growth year yet. Okay. Are you ready? Number one, you have to make sure this year you are focused so hard on your future self that you don't have time to dwell on who you are right now. Okay. What do I mean by that? When I say your future self, the high quality questions here are, have you asked yourself and have you flushed out? Who are you becoming? Where are you going? What are you creating this year? And when you are so focused on that, and when I, when I say focus, like I'm going to get really specific. I think in your day, 80% at least of your brain space should be going towards thinking about what you're creating, what you're doing, what you're planning, what you're becoming and only 20% on 
what actually is happening today? What actually did happen in the past? What's not working, right? And I think that way too much of us have it flipped around. We spend 80% of our time thinking about, okay, this is what I'm doing that's not working or that is working. This is what I'm not yet good at. This is what like my bank account holds. I'm like, who cares? Like, I literally don't even care what is in my bank account right now because I'm so dialed into thinking about what my bank account is going to have by the end of the year that it doesn't even matter. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't look at it. We have a very specific evaluation and process that we teach you in happening sessions and in coaching for you to own your math and know your numbers. But once you have that process, you can just do your numbers in 10 minutes a day and then not think about it. So like, I always know my numbers. I know where I'm at, but the only point in looking at that is to inform the decisions you're going to make towards your future and towards who you're becoming. And so if the number is lower, I have a different plan and I'm spending more energy on, okay, like what do I need to do differently in order to still create the same goal or create the same number? And if the number is higher, maybe I create a new goal or I just celebrate, right? That's fine. Or I keep pushing, right? And I like blow my own mind. Um, Pushing is not a word I like to use, but like I keep just like rolling with it and scheduling in fun, stretchy things. Okay. So I don't know how many of you guys have seen Ted Lasso, but I love it. And in Ted Lasso, even if you haven't seen it, he has this saying, he says like, be like a goldfish. He's a soccer coach, right? Or football coach. And he says, be like a goldfish because he thinks for the team, the most important thing for them to be able to do is quickly forget the last thing that happened. And I feel the same way in business and the soccer fields. He's basically like, if you're dwelling about missing a penalty kick or a red card that uh, the other player should have gotten and you didn't get it, right? If you're too busy thinking about that, you're missing more opportunities that are right in front of you to completely turn it around and make that past irrelevant to you. And that's what I want you to remind yourself all of the time. When you're focused on this, when you're focused so hard on your future self, your past becomes immediately irrelevant to you. It does not matter what has happened. It does not matter the present of what your actual results are because you're so focused on what you're in the process of creating. Okay, so be like Ted Lasso and be like a goldfish. Don't make the failure collection part a problem. So we do a lot of failure collection where you specifically set out your goals for the month and then you go out there and have four stretchy type things that you want to create in terms of results. But the failure that you're not failing at is the action part. Like you are going out there and you're going to do the action that's going to create this mini result. Let's say, for example, the result that you want to create is three new clients. You reverse engineer that you create create your whole action plan, you schedule it out, and then you just go and do it. So I want you to make sure though, in the process of collecting the failure, which is the point, you don't focus too much on where you fell short. Instead, again, it doesn't, when I say this, I don't mean ignore it. I don't mean like, don't look at the math. I mean, decide what's next. Spend that time. You spend one minute saying, okay, what were the results? And what's the gap between the results and what I want to create. And then what do I have to do to get there? 
I just immediately jump into that place and I spend all of my time and energy there. When you're too busy thinking about like how you're not where you want to be, you can't do the things that are going to help create you being where you want to be, right? It seems so obvious, but yet I don't think most of us are aware of how much time we are spending in that space. It will hold you back from your massive growth, okay? So I just want to give you an example in my own life. One of the self-concepts that I am in the process of becoming is meticulously organized. I've done it with my time. I've done it with my money, but now I really want to do it in my space. And I've made leaps and bounds. Like I've made great strides in this area, but like, I'm going to show you, right? Because if you're watching the YouTube and this is incentive to do it, there's just like a pile of shit next to my desk and on my desk, actually, that has been there since my parents visited a couple of weeks ago. And we're staying in my office, which also has a guest, a pullout guest couch. This like awesome yellow suede couch is also a pullout. I mean, amazing apartment to be check it out. And it's very comfortable as well, but I haven't gotten around to it. Right. And it has fallen off my schedule multiple times. I wasn't feeling well, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. I'm not spending too much time being, and it's not like I'm quote unquote, letting myself off the hook, which I hear you guys say a lot. That's not what it means to not beat yourself up. Letting yourself off the hook means you ignore it and you don't do anything about it to change in the future. What I'm saying is address it quickly and then make a plan and spend all of your energy focusing on how, oh, okay, that's still there. That's weird. It's not about making it a problem. It's not an excuse or a reason to ever question my ability to be organized. It's just a misalignment to take note of. That's it. It's like, oh, I'm a person who's meticulously organized. That really doesn't look meticulous over there. Time to tidy it up put it on the schedule. Let's get it going. Right. And if I notice that it's continuously not getting done, why what's happening here? Like, am I still, is there a thought floating around in there? That's like, Oh, it's not a big deal. You don't even no one else comes in here. It's like, mm, those thoughts aren't thoughts that really go with my new self-concept of being meticulously organized. Cause it's not for anyone else. Right. It's for me. Okay. Amazing. So number one is focus so hard on your future self that you don't have time to dwell on who you are right now. That will guarantee you massive growth. Number two, make a big investment in your brain. Now I know that I'm biased here and I really don't love when I like am asking advice from someone and the advice that they give me back is just like, dripping with bias. It's like, okay, you have some sort of incentive here to give me that um, excuse. So I want to just really be clear and preface it. I'm not saying the number two way to guarantee your biggest growth is to hire me. I don't care who you hire. I don't care how much money it actually is because a big investment feels different to everyone, depending on where you are. But What I will say is like, for me, my very first big investment was $5,000 and that was my entire savings account. And then like a week later after I made it, I found out I was pregnant. (laughs) I had like no savings, right? And it was my collective savings account with my husband. So this wasn't just like a business savings account. Like I didn't have a business. This was very much money that quote unquote, some people tell me they do not have. However, 
the growth that I experienced from doing this. And it was probably actually my least favorite coaching experience that I've had was that investment. But what I gained in my belief in myself, what I started gained immediately was I started taking myself seriously, right? I put my money where my mouth was. I put my back up against the wall and I was like, all right, there's no excuses anymore. There's no progressing. It's go time. Like, let's go. And I think that what I see a lot of people do is they tell themselves like, oh, the feeling is too uncomfortable. I don't really, I'm not really can't guarantee that I'll get the results yet. So I'm just like not ready to invest. What I'm saying is like, if you don't believe, and if you haven't entertained and sold yourself on the idea that whatever I invest in, I'm going to come and I'm going to get the result that will make the investment worth it, then you're not going to magically stumble upon that result without investing. Like it just won't happen. So you have to believe in the possibility of the results and that you can do it. And that's why it's so important to invest because you're proving to yourself, okay, I'm entertaining the possibility that I can do it. And I'm not saying you have to like know for sure, but you have to decide. We've talked about this in previous episodes, right? Like decide to be successful. Don't like look for evidence that you will be successful in the program that you're investing in or in other people's testimonials even. I love a good testimonial, but it's there for inspiration, not necessarily for proof that you can do it. You can do it if you were the first person to ever get results with a program, okay? So um, investments expedite your growth and your money-making, and your belief. The growth can be instant even upon payment in almost all of the cases, including this mastermind that I'm a part of, which is 25K. So funny, two, two years ago, Facebook memory just popped up this morning and it was like a, a picture of me in LA with my girlfriend right before COVID hit. It's like, we had no idea what was about to happen. And we're like, oh yeah, we're gonna go on a WB tour. And I was just like telling people, I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, I invested $5,000 in a business coach this year. Can you believe it? Oh my God, I know it's crazy, right? And like that just aged so comically to me now because I just spent this year $50,000 on my on myself it, with one program. I actually also paid $300 a month for a group, another group coaching program. So like, it's just not even, it's so different. That was just in two years. But I want you to understand that like, the growth that I went from 5K to be able to spend 50K happened because I just took that first investment and I showed myself, oh, you can do this. You can do the scary thing. You can put your back against the wall and you can just decide to get the results no matter what. And every time I've done it, you know, Mark talked about this on last week's episode, like the people around me are like, ooh, like, are you sure? Couldn't you just do this by yourself? It's like, yeah, you could but not nearly as fast. So it's like, if you want to get the result and you're committed to getting the result anyway, investing in a big way is a no brainer. So whether it's me or whether it's another coach or whether it's a training or whether it's a mastermind, do this this year, commit, decide right now, even if it's not like right this second, decide, okay, the next time 
the offer is made for this program that I've been lusting over for forever, I'm going to do it and create the plan right now towards budgeting towards it and creating that income and making it happen no matter what, taking it alone, do whatever you have to do, do it, commit. That process will stretch you the most. Okay. Number three tip, commit to being an advanced decision maker. I think this is so important that I did an entire podcast episode on it not that long ago. I want to say I'll I'll put the I'll link it in the show notes, but it's called I think it's called three things advanced decision makers don't do and it is really about how most people think that the decisions they make are about research and about finding out the perfect answers outside of them to make the right decision. Being an advanced decision maker is not about always knowing what the right decision is because we're not fortune tellers. We don't, most situations, and especially in business, most of the decisions that you're making, we don't actually know until we make them and execute them, whether they were the right one or not. So we just make whatever decision we make the right one, right? There isn't the right decision. There's only a decision that you make right. So becoming an advanced decision maker means doing that and doing it quickly and doing it efficiently and having your own back on it, no matter what the result is. And then just opening yourself up to failure and doing it again and again and again. Okay. So go and listen to that other podcast episode on advanced decision-making and get your brain right. Because if you want major growth this year, the biggest thing that's going to hold you back is going back and forth, indulging in, I don't know land and being like, I just need more information or I just need more time. I talked to someone on a consult the other day and she was like, okay, great. Let me think about it. And I'll like, let you know next week. And I was like, hold up next week. No, let me know by tomorrow. The latest I was going to have you decide on the call. And she was like, what? And I could just tell, first of all, she was like sweating. She was like, what? And I think most of it was because we're not put in positions. Most of the time we're like trained in society to like take lots of time to make our decisions, especially big quote unquote decisions. What does that even mean? You guys, it doesn't matter whether decision is lots of money, a little money, big decision, a little decision, which isn't a thing, right? It's just a thought just matters that we look at the information. We figure out what, what factors we need to decide on to make the decision. But when it comes to an investment, it's just like, Hmm, am I committed to getting a result this year? Am I committed to getting it faster? Do I think that this mentor is the one that I would like to work with? If the answer is yes, 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 there is no other reason why you should be delaying making this decision. Now, I believe in constraint, and we've talked about that on the podcast as well, but constraint comes into play when you're already dialed in and focused on what you are working on. And then another idea or another thing that sounds super interesting comes up. Then there is the time to say, okay, great. I'm interested in this and I'm going to revisit this in Q3, right? It doesn't mean being an advanced decision maker doesn't mean that you're like, oh, I have to shut down every single thing because I'm focused on one thing right now. And it doesn't mean, oh, invest in everything that appeals to you. It means 
getting very clear about what is the result that you're creating, where you're going, and is what you're currently doing right now going to get you there? If it is, don't derail yourself. And if it isn't, invest in what is going to get you there. Okay. That's it. Number four is take ownership over your time and your money. I mean, this is pretty much my brand 101. Your time and your money are your most important thoughts to be clean when it comes to your business. So you don't have to do anything. This is like my little tip on on time if you're like new to time management. A lot of people will be like, okay, I really need help with time management because I have so much stuff that I have to do. And I'm like, correction, you don't have to do anything. So like, let's just clear your whole plate and be like, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to take care of your kids. You don't have to take out your garbage. You don't have to, you know, like send that email to that client. You don't have to do any of that. You get to do it. You choose which things you want to do. So instead of phrasing things like the giant martyr of your life, like I used to do for sure, I used to be like, oh my gosh, I have to, you know, make sure that my toddler is happy and this and that and the other thing while also, you know, I need to get more clients because, right, it's like you don't need to do any of that. You could totally just chill. You could if you wanted to, but we have things that we want to do. We have things that we want to create and we have priorities. I want to be a good mom. So yes, I choose to spend time with my child, right? But it's really important the way that you phrase it to yourself right off the bat. And I think as soon as you do that, some things do immediately become clear. Like actually, I don't have to do that. And I I don't really want to. And you could just wipe it from your, from your schedule. Right. So like start from the ground up, like, what do I want to create with my time? So you're going to be prioritizing scheduling. I have lots of podcasts on scheduling. Just go back, search scheduling and sincerely future you or scheduling what's happening. And you will find all of the podcast episodes and you can binge them. But really, if you want to learn this process, if you want to get it done this year, your solution is going to be to get into happening sessions so that you can apply it and then immediately make this the time saver. So a lot of people will tell me like, oh, I'm really interested, but I just have a lot on my plate right now. So I was thinking maybe I'll do it in June. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like that would be like someone telling me, oh my God, I just, my house is such a mess. So like, instead of hiring you house cleaner, I'll just like, let me just tidy up my whole house for the next six months and then I'll hire you. And it's like, this isn't coaching. Isn't like putting another thing on your plate. It's like having someone come in once a week and clean up your thinking so that you can stop thinking you're so busy all the time. Even if you have the busiest schedule in the world. And if you're too busy to fit in a 45 minute session once a week, then you have, you desperately need me, right? Then you've got some serious, serious time management issues. Okay. So I, I work with some of the most ambitious, hardworking and like money-making women on the planet. And if they can make it happen, you can too. So drop that excuse. 
Um, so prioritizing scheduling, remind yourself that you don't have to do anything, right? You get to do everything that you do. So make sure you're, you're choosing wisely and then be a hundred percent honest with yourself. That's what time management looks like to me. It's like, if I commit to doing something, I'm going to do it. And if I know in the beginning of the day that I'm probably not going to do something, I don't let it sit on my calendar and then drain me of energy being like, Oh, I'm probably not going to get to that. It's like, why are you, why are you even, why is it on your to-do list? If you just, that's what the difference is between a schedule and a to-do list, right? It has deadlines. It has very specific times when the results are created. It's not just a bunch of actions. We have to like take mass just incessantly in a row until eventually maybe one day we can sit on the couch. It's like, that is the life that some of you guys describe to me when you come to our consults. So be honest with yourself about what you want to get done and then be honest with yourself about what you're actually doing and what you're committed to doing. If you're not doing something because your goal is really not to grow in the timeline that you thought it was, be be truthful. Like it does take hard work to scale a business, especially to a hundred K. If you're making less than a hundred K, there's a lot that goes into it. A lot of learning, a lot of failure, a lot of system systems that are yet to be created, a lot of one-on-one time. And that takes work. So if you're not willing to do that, or if you're not interested, then be honest with yourself. Okay. And that'll just really help you as well with your time management. So you know what you can commit. If you want to commit to something in a part-time way, do it very intentionally. And then taking over ownership over your money. I am not shy about the fact that I am the biggest supporter of youneedabudget.com. I think if you want to get started, like that is the place to do it. They have a free trial that's 34 days long. However, I will warn you of all of the budgeting tools that I've ever used. It takes the most upfront learning, reconfiguring of the way that you're thinking about it and set up. So I do that with my clients and I have training videos to make it very easy, especially for a business owner. If you want to have your business budget and your personal budget. So if you do want to do that and you're feeling like overwhelmed by it on your own, that is something that we also do together, mastering your budget. But your money and mastering your money is not just about setting a revenue goal and then budgeting everything. It is about more than that. It's about all six areas. And I just did the hapster, the like what's happening coaching assessment of your money mastery with one of my newer clients who makes a lot of money and is pretty good in all the areas. But this is an assessment where you go through and you answer questions on where you're at in terms of your business and personal in spending, saving, earning, having, investing, and giving money. And she spotted some like really glaring for her places where she has been neglecting, even though she thrives in like four out of six of these um, areas. And so I actually think that even if you already do have pretty good money mastery, the work that we do, and even just the assessment right off the bat will help you understand like, oh, there's so much more fun to be had when it comes to my money, right? And it really should just feel fun, money mastery. 
even it doesn't matter how much you're making. It doesn't matter how much you're spending. Like this should feel fun. It shouldn't feel restrictive. And you definitely, if you think like, oh, we'll just make more money than once I make more money, I'll feel calmer. That doesn't work because the feeling of calm comes from your thoughts, not from the circumstance of how much money you're making. Okay. And so I promise I have clients that scale and are making more money and they're still like in scarcity and they're like have 10 K months. And they're like, Oh my God, like, I'm just so worried. And I'm like, what's happening? Like, it's not the money. I promise you guys, like it is your thoughts about it. So we got to clean all that up. And then tip number five. Okay. Tip number five to make sure that this is your biggest growth year yet is falling in love with sales. You guys, your business requires sales. Your life requires your ability to sell your ideas, to sell yourself, to sell, you know, where we should go for dinner. I'm an exceptional salesperson and I always go to the restaurant I want to go to. And then everybody else is delighted to go to it as well because they've been sold on the idea. Now, I'm also pretty good with the flow. So like I just recently went to visit my brother in Philly and like I didn't make any of the decisions and I just loved that for us that weekend. But if you are trying to live a big life, becoming an amazing salesperson and falling in love with the process of sales and instead of trying to show up for it and like show up to it and like hustle in sales while still feeling gross about it, that's just never going to be sustainable. It's not going to work out. So I need to remind you, sales is service. If you do not believe in serving, if you're not showing up, first of all, I don't think I have audience members that don't show up to their business in terms of a service mindset. So I don't think that this is really going to resonate with any of you, but if any of you are listening and you don't think of your business as serving people, then that's where you need to focus. But once you know that your business is serving people, you can start to think of sales as service as well, because sales is really just the, your love letter to your client's future, right? It's the, it's the gap between you and your client's future success. Like they just need to pay you money so that you can serve them. This is like the best trade ever, right? Sales is connection. Sales is adventure. Sales is not about convincing something, someone that they should do something or they should buy something. No, I will never spend my time convincing anyone that coaching is the best thing for them, right? It's like, all I do is show up, ask them questions about what they're trying to create in their lives. And then I just serve them. And then I remind them that, Hey, the best way for me to serve you is through the program that I've dedicated my life to creating, right? It's like, there's no better way to do that. And if you haven't made that connection between you making money and you serving, you don't fully love sales. I promise you. And once you do make that connection, you will love sales. And we would say it out loud. It's not a dirty word. Like I love selling. I love sales. It's because I love being good at helping people get out of their own way so that they can make their dreams come true. And if your business is not life coaching, right? It's like, I love selling my pies 
so that people can get it in their mouths and have their mind blown, right? Like whatever your service is or whatever your product is, you still need to think of it in terms of like, how can I help my clients? What have a flavor explosion, have a less stressed life, have a healthier morning routine, whatever your service you provide or product you provide to your client, sales is just the bridge between them not having their results and them having their results. So why would you hate that process? Right. And if someone's confused and they don't get the value, you just ask them more questions, right? That's all sales is. It's just asking people questions, not telling them why X, Y, Z. All I do on my consults is ask people questions. And then at the end of the day, I ask them a final question, which is, okay, great. Do you understand the value of this? And are you ready to go? Let's go. So fun. And if at the end of the day, they don't want to do it, I'm like, okay, you must still be confused. And then I sell some more, which is asking them more questions about like, what are you confused about? What is not the value? And occasionally I will have someone that is just not a good fit. And I would never convince someone who's not a good fit that they should become a good fit. That's that. Okay. So if you want this to be a massive year in your growth, you need to love sales. You need to take ownership and accountability over your time and your money. You need to commit to being an advanced decision maker. You need to make a big investment in 2022 in your brain in some capacity. And I would just gush if it were happening sessions and I got to be a part of that journey with you. But even if it's not, pick one, write it down, get uncomfy, commit to when you're going to do it. Okay. And then number one, you need to focus so hard on that future self, write that future self a love letter, sincerely future you and, and tell access that future self and have her remind you about how irrelevant what you're doing right now and what you've created right now is to who you you're in the about to become so exciting. All right. I can't wait for you guys to live five lives in one. Now I'm going to board a plane to Kentucky and go below my own brain. And I'll give you all the goodies when I get back. Have a fabulous weekend. All right, hapsters. If you're ready to master your money, to me, that doesn't just mean earning. It also means spending, saving, having, investing, and giving your money with calm rather than hustle. And you're ready to master your time. That means building your business in less time and never feeling busy again. Happening Sessions is your no-brainer next investment. Hapsters report never in their life feeling so in control and less in a rush. One Hapster actually said goals feel inevitable instead of stressful. I am so confident in the value of this coaching for you that I have a money back guarantee. If you complete the six months and you haven't gotten the results or the experience that you want, I'll give you your money back and I'll be happy to do it. Why? Because we've never had this over the almost hundred people that have gone through this program. We have never had someone ask for their money back. That's how good this container is. Do not wait. Sign up for your discovery call today. You can do that by going to the link in my bio at my Instagram. Again, my Instagram is what's happening. W Jess that's W H A T S H A P P Y N I N G. 
W Jess, and you can click on the link in my bio and sign up for your discovery call. Again, this is the time to turn your business and your life dreams into reality. If you want to learn more about today's topic, head over to what's happening.com forward slash podcast. That's what's happening. W H A T S H A P P Y N I N G.com forward slash podcast. If you're a business owner and you're resonating with what we talk about here, what are you even doing? Come hang out with me over where the party's at on Instagram at what's happening. W Jess. Again, that's happy. H-A-P-P-Y-N-I-N-G and book a discovery call to see if coaching is your next best step.